Our Bible reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 15 and verses 21 to 28. The faith of a Canaanite woman. Let's listen for the word of God. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, Send her away, for she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Amen. God will bless this reading from his holy word. Just before we gather around God's word together, let's join together in prayer. Let's pray together. Our loving Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that your word is a living word that can pierce us to the quick. A word that speaks into our hearts and our minds, that brings us encouragement, that brings us challenge, that tells us of your character and what you are like. And we pray, Lord God, as we gather around your word, that you would be with us, that you would minister to us through your Holy Spirit, and we would know of your blessing. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Now, if you do have your Bible there, please do turn back to Matthew chapter 15 and verses 21 through to 28 as we look at this passage today. Now, way back in January, we restarted our series looking at Matthew's Gospel. And we began with the parables of the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13, where Jesus explained exactly what the kingdom was like. And we've moved on from there, and we've seen the different reactions that there has been to Jesus, those who uh, rejected him, like the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, uh, Herod and others, uh, but those who accepted Jesus, and perhaps those who accepted Jesus were those we wouldn't have expected. The downtrodden, the poor, they all came. They asked Jesus to heal their sick. They listened to his teaching and they put their faith and trust in him. And of course, we've also seen the reaction, haven't we, of the disciples. The disciples, uh, remember, who had been with Jesus when Jesus fed the 5,000, or was it 10,000? Because obviously 5,000 men besides women and children. And remember how the disciples were uh, on the Sea of Galilee, and it wasn't like uh, the sea is today, which is pretty benign, uh, but rather the sea was pretty rough. A storm was coming in. And Jesus went to the disciples walking on the water. 
And remember, at that time, they bowed down and they worshipped him and they declared him to be the Son of God. Now, this morning, in today's passage, we are looking at something that is prompted by the beginning of chapter 15. And remember, a couple of weeks ago, we thought about Jesus, uh, or Jesus talked about uh, those things which were clean and those things which were unclean. And remember, Jesus said that it's not the outside things that go in that make us unclean. Rather, it's what's in our heart that comes out that makes us unclean. Because remember, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, were complaining about the disciples not washing their hands in a ceremonial way before they ate. Now, this morning, in the similar way to what we found in chapter 13, remember with the parables of the kingdom, we saw Jesus talking about the different reactions there would be to the kingdom, and then we saw the practical outworkings of that. And we see this in a similar way in chapter 15, because here in chapter 15, after Jesus has spoken about those things which are clean, and those things which are unclean, we then, in the next couple of stories, see the way that Jesus' ministry expands, not just to the clean of Israel, but also to the unclean, to the Gentiles. And we see in an amazing way how the gospel is going to be not just for the Jew, but for the Gentile as well. So let's have a look at this passage this morning. So our reading this morning continues the idea of what is clean and what is unclean. And in many ways, this is the practical outworking of Jesus' teaching. Now, the context here is that Jesus, along with his disciples, goes up to Tyre and Sidon. And Tyre and Sidon are up to the northwest of the Sea of Galilee. And in some ways, it's probable that Jesus was taking again his disciples on a short break. They wanted to get away, perhaps from the crowds. Uh, They wanted to get away, perhaps also, uh, from the questioning of the Pharisees. And so Jesus and the disciples find themselves in a Gentile area, in Tyre and Sidon. And in a similar way as to when we found Jesus in a solitary place, at the side of the Sea of Galilee, trying to escape from the crowds, Jesus is interrupted. Remember uh, that when he had escaped in the boat to the other side of the lake, the people were so desperate that they wanted uh, Jesus so much uh, that they ran all the way around the side of the lake and they met Jesus on the other side. Well, here is Jesus in Tyre and Sidon, uh, perhaps wanting a break to get some rest with his disciples. And when he's there, he is disturbed effectively by this woman. Now, it's interesting here that this woman is described as a Canaanite woman. Now, the Canaanites, of course, were uh, the people who originally were in the land, in the promised land, and they were effectively the enemies of the Israelites. Now, the word Canaanite had not been used for many, many years. And so Matthew is probably making a point in this story. In Mark's gospel, the woman is described probably more accurately as Syrophoenician. But the key thing here to remember 
is that this woman is not an Israelite. She is a Gentile. And so therefore, she's not part of the people of God. She's very much an outsider. And so immediately when we come to this story, the question for us is, how much is Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, how much is he for Gentiles as much as he is for the people of Israel? And this story hopefully answers that question. So we have this Canaanite woman and she comes to Jesus. And she comes, doesn't she, with a particular need. In fact, as she comes to Jesus, she's very much desperate, isn't she? She is desperate because something has happened to her daughter. Her daughter is demon-possessed. Now, we're not quite sure uh, what that meant, but clearly this woman is in deep distress because of her daughter. And so she comes to Jesus and she calls out to him and she says, Son of David, which shows that she's a Gentile, but she has some kind of understanding of who Jesus is. He is the son of David. He is the Messiah. He has that messianic title. And so she knows that Jesus can do something for her. And she calls out to Jesus, have mercy on me, have mercy on me. Now to begin with, Jesus is silent. He says absolutely nothing. He does not respond to her at all. Now initially when we read this passage, we might think that's very cold of Jesus. We may not understand why he's quiet. And sometimes in our lives, we have a deep need, a big issue in our lives. And sometimes it's as though heaven is silent, that God is not even there, that God is not answering us at all. But does it mean that God doesn't care? Of course, God cares. And Jesus, I believe, cared for this woman, as is seen by the rest of this passage. So what happens next? Well, this woman is calling out so much to Jesus that the disciples kind of get a bit fed up, don't they? They say to Jesus, Jesus, just send her away. Send her away. She's really annoying. That's really effectively what they're saying. Now, before when I've read this passage, I've always thought that, you know, the disciples are just, you know, they just want to send the woman away. It seems quite likely, actually, that what they're saying to Jesus is, Jesus, grant her request, and then she will go away. But either way, the disciples don't come out terribly well from this story, do they? Because they're just bothered by the woman. She's a, you know, a nuisance to them in many ways, and they just want her to to go away. And Jesus responds to them, doesn't he, in verse 24, because he says to them, and note, he addresses his response to them and not to the woman at all, but clearly it's within her hearing. He says to them, I was only sent to the lost sheep of Israel. In other words, the message of the kingdom and Jesus himself and what Jesus has been called to do. It wasn't first and foremost for the Gentiles. It was for the promised people of God. It was for the Israelites. And so Jesus is saying, look, it's inappropriate at this time 
to do anything for the Gentiles. So we wonder, as this is Jesus' response, which is effectively to to refuse the woman, what's going to happen next? Well, there's a real lesson here, isn't there? Because the woman doesn't just go away and say, look, you know, Jesus doesn't care. He doesn't care about my situation. He doesn't care about me at all. What does she do? She persists. She keeps asking Jesus. What does it say in our passage? It says that the woman knelt down before Jesus, an act of of worship. When you bowed down before someone and said, Lord, help me. She persisted in seeking after Jesus and seeking Jesus' help for her daughter. What does Jesus again say? He says this in verse 26. It's not right to throw the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, when we read that, perhaps we're rather shocked. Is this a a kind of racist remark that Jesus uh, is making here? Well, it seems to me that Jesus is just picking up on common phraseology. The Jews would often refer to the Gentiles as as dogs, which doesn't seem a, a, a nice thing, but he's trying to stir something within the woman. I like to say that Jesus has got one tongue firmly in his cheek. You see, what's he doing? What does this passage tell us? Well, Jesus is trying to elicit faith from this woman that's what he's trying to do it's not right to throw the children's bread to their dogs I wonder if that had been you hearing those words what you would have thought again would you have given up would you have said you know Jesus doesn't care for me my situation doesn't care for my daughter the woman shows great faith in Jesus doesn't she What does she say? Even the crumbs of the bread might fall from the table that the dogs might eat them. What wonderful faith. In other words, she's saying, look, I'm not trying to to take away the message of the gospel from from the Jews, from the, the chosen people. But surely there's enough to go around for me, for my situation, for my daughter. What happens after that? Jesus says, what great faith you've shown. And immediately, her daughter was healed. It's actually a really, really lovely story, isn't it? And of course, there's a, there's a real message in this story too, isn't there? Because we've just seen a passage that's all been all about being clean or unclean. And Jesus saying, it's not what goes in that makes us unclean. It's what comes out that makes us unclean. Effectively, we're all unclean. And we all need forgiveness. We all need cleansing. Remember, the Jews thought of themselves because they had the law as the ones who were clean. The Pharisees, very much, who thought, you know, because they did all outward things, that they were clean. Actually, they needed Jesus. They needed his cleansing power in their lives. But this passage here is quite astonishing because it shows that the message of the kingdom 
It shows that the gospel is not just for the Jews. It's for the Gentiles. It's for anyone who believes. Anyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus. It's for them. What a change that is. It must have been quite mind-blowing for the disciples. Certainly it was more than mind-blowing for the Pharisees, for the teachers of the law. But the gospel, not just for the people of Israel, but for the whole world. And as we'll see, God willing, next week in the story of the feeding of the 4,000, there's almost a, a picture there of how what's available for the Jew is also available for the Gentile. Remember, Jesus fed the 5,000. He's now going to feed the 4,000. The same miracle effectively for Jew and for Gentile. And so that's our first point today, that the gospel is for all who believe. You see, you could look at this passage today and think that Jesus is cold. You could think in some of his remarks that He's perhaps ill-advised. But really what Jesus is trying to do is elicit faith. He's trying to teach the disciples. And you've got to realize here in the midst of all this, what a huge change this is for the people of Israel. To understand that though they are the chosen people of God, that God's grace, God's compassion is for the whole world. And we have to be really careful in our own lives and in our church, our corporate church life, that we don't just think that the gospel is for those and such as those, for people like us. We have to be careful in not pushing people away and saying, look, you're not good enough for God. There's no way that God can love you. There's anyone can come to Jesus. Anyone can put their faith and trust in him. Anyone can come to salvation if they trust in Jesus. Why is that? Because none of us are perfect. We are all sinners who need grace. And he's willing to reach out to us in grace and in compassion and in love and give us a saviour in Jesus. This is the good news of the gospel. Now, the second thing I just want you to have a wee think about today is the whole area of persistence. You see, this woman showed great persistence and she showed great faith, didn't she? In spite of Jesus, to begin with, being quiet, hardly answering her at all, despite Jesus then giving her an answer that that might have really put her off, she keeps going. She bows down in worship. She begs of Jesus saying, I need you, Jesus. I cannot do this in my own strength. My daughter needs you. And perhaps we know situations like that in our life. Perhaps there have been times in our life when we've been desperate. When a family member has been ill. When we've been really struggling at work. Perhaps there have been other situations where We're just desperate. And sometimes we we call out to God and then we say, Oh God, you've not heard me. You're not listening. You're, You're not answering. But this story is a real lesson in persistence, isn't it? 
because the woman persists. And so by the end, what happens? Jesus says, woman, you have great faith. You have great faith. And instantly, her daughter was healed. A wonderful end to the story. The woman just didn't give up. And I encourage you this morning, especially if you're praying through a big issue in your life, let's not give up. Let's not think that God is too busy. Let's continue to call out to him, to ask for his mercy, to ask for his grace to come to bear in our lives. God is a good father who gives good gifts to his children. Do we truly believe that? Do we believe that he is a God who answers prayer? Who answers when we call to him? Yes, sometimes there is a reason why God doesn't answer straight away. Sometimes, as it is in this story, it may be to elicit faith from us. To say, do you, do you truly believe? Do you really, really trust me? Sometimes God allows us to, to go through really difficult times. Times where we don't really understand. Because God wants us to draw near to him. And when we draw near to him, we can be assured that he will draw near to us. So in this passage today, I hope you see that the kingdom is expanding, that Jesus is teaching the people, teaching the disciples, that the kingdom, not just for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. The kingdom is going to blow their mind. It's not just a, a kingdom where he'll sit on a throne in Jerusalem. He's going to sit on a throne at the Father's right hand. This kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Jesus is an everlasting king. And we can trust in him. And the second thing, let's persist in prayer. Let's pursue God with all that we have. And in the big issues in our life, even those things we don't understand, let's not give up. Let's not give up on God. Let's keep pursuing him, bowing before him, understanding that he is far greater than we are. Understanding that we need him. Every hour we need him. We need his grace to bear in our lives. Shall we just join together in prayer? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for your word to us this day. And we recognize it's such a, a rich word. Even if some of it might be slightly confusing to us. We might wonder, for example, why is Jesus silent to begin with? Why does he use some words that might be seen as offensive? And yet when we understand the big picture, as we understand that Jesus is teaching about the Gentiles also coming into the kingdom, that the kingdom is for all who will believe, not just those and such as those, we are amazed we thank you, Lord God, for the example of this woman who showed great faith. 
that despite the, the obstacles of Jesus being quiet and then Jesus basically refusing her request, that she kept going and kept going. And Father, in our own lives, we pray that we would be people who would persist in prayer, that we would constantly seek after you and we would pursue you because we know that you're a good God who wants to answer our prayers. Lord God, during those times when you are silent, those times when you seem to refuse our request, we pray that we would keep trusting in you, that you know the beginning from the end, that you have the big picture in mind, that you're the God in whom we can trust. So Lord God, speak to us through your word today we pray. For we pray these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.